Ayatollah of Fantasy Rock and Roller with us today, Adam Rank. How are you doing, Rank? Um, you look great in person, and I uh, just can't wait to next year where we can pack it full of 25,000. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Hey, I'm doing great. I didn't know it was Ball Guy's day. It was me and Rank. I mean, how do you look? This is the Dynasty Vipers Vipercast. Welcome to a special edition of the Viper Cast. We're doing a little bit of a mock draft with our family here, the Vipers, and we've got a good one for you. We've got a room full of uh, great analysts in the back. We got Ryan here, we got Bob, we got Will, we got Jason, we got Jeremy in uh, Amsterdam for whatever reason, or Netherlands, or wherever he's going right now. It's like four o'clock in the morning, but he's sticking with us. Uh, we got our boy Pod, he's going to join us. Uh, Mike, he's here in the draft. Roberto, he's ready to roll. We've got the whole team here ready to go. And they're going to be coming in during the show. We're going to talk a little football here. We're going to talk about the draft. We're going to help you guys get ready. Last week was the National Draft Weekend, I guess is the best way to put it. Well, I've got a home league draft this Friday and Saturday. So I guarantee you I'm not alone when it comes to this. And uh, we're going to try and get you prepared as well as we can here. So without that, we're going to pull up our sleeper board. Uh, Tara, do you got any comments here before we get started? No, I'm pumped. I uh, I chose the third spot so I can get an early pick here. So this is uh, going to be brand new to me in terms of where I'm picking from. I've been picking from the 10th and later spot from for the entire offseason. So this will be fun. I think Matt's on mute. Yeah, I'm on mute here. I'm just, I had a call there on the side. We, we're do, doing a little bit of everything here. Calvin, <laughs> you got the sound effects going. What do you got for us here? You got, you got anything special for us? A little, little something hidden talent here? A little something for... <laughs> <laughs> i um yeah no i'm i'm uh I'm, I'm gonna play around with this sound effect see if we can uh have a little bit of fun you know at some point at some point matt is going to draft somebody that isn't very good and it's going to be a trap you know what you are absolutely right that'll probably be in the first or second round that's usually when i hit uh, my first uh, bad pick when it comes down to this uh major what do you got for us here I'm excited. I'm still trying to figure out how to get into the draft. Yeah. <laughs> well, that, that could be a little bit of a problem there for you going forward, not being able to get into the draft. <laughs> uh, we, we, so we have can to I make get sure Roberto What's gets going on, man? Might be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> I might need a link. I'm just saying. I, I'm not a professional at this, but I might need to get in there. <laughs> Uh, we'll, we'll get some behind the here. scenes help from major right somebody <laughs> it department we need our it department here matt keep going i'm gonna dm it uh back i'm gonna go dig through the through our twitter dms find it and repost it so major can find it i, I mean it's only like eight messages like that up, Kyle, so like, you, don't to, <laughs> you don't have to say it like that man oh uh, you know my bad <laughs> this is gonna be fun the tone is already set <laughs> it's good well like, uh, i'm gonna be fun it's gonna be fun watching major he looks like he is zoned in right now on the camera like he is very sweatic in his appearance right now he looks like he's focused like a statue almost if you will 
Uh, <laughs> we're going to get this start right off the get-go, and we're going to bring in Jeremy right off the get-go because he's got the 101. Let's kind of pick his brain a little bit before we uh, hit the actual start draft button here. Jeremy? What's going on, guys? How you doing? How's doing everybody good. doing? How you, how you feeling? What, what time is it right now for you? It is 3.08 in the morning. Oh, man. I, yeah, I'm an idiot, but you know what? Uh, it's all for the love of the game, uh, for the love of the Viper family. And one thing I'm going to do here at the 101 is not be an idiot. Um, I've been a proponent of zero RB for the entire offseason. You can't do that in the first six picks uh, at least, right? Uh, you have to do that at the back end of the draft if you're going to do it at all. Uh, so the 101 here is going to be a no-brainer, I think. All right, well, we're going we're to fire this up here right now. I'm going to hit the start the draft button. Let's get this thing going. There it is. You're on the clock, 90 seconds. Jeremy, while we're here, I just let, I'm going to let everyone know, if you're catching us on DynastyVipers.com and you're reading some of these articles, we'll, we'll bring in Ryan a little bit later and Jason. They do some good writing for us. Jeremy's the one who actually has to decipher all our words and how we write things out. I know I put him through... Uh, the rigors every time I write an article, because the way I speak is pretty much how it gets written down on a piece of paper, which is off, often challenging for him. So, Jeremy, we just want everyone to know that you kind of do all the editing. You put push out that work on there. You publish it. So if you guys don't know who Jeremy is, make sure you hit him on the follow at FF underscore Rebel. And, uh, yeah, he does some great work for us there. So I want to say thank you for everything that you do. Now, yeah, listen, listen. You're on the clock I, here. I appreciate that. And, guys, listen, it's, uh, of course, a grind. And that may be the reason why I'm up this late. Keep me up late nights all the time. Uh, but I appreciate the work. And uh, I'm going to keep this short and sweet. Real easy here with the 101. It's CMC Christian McCaffrey. Jeremy, if for no other reason, deserves your father the follow in the sense that, like, he's got to, he, as Matt said, he has to edit Matt's articles. And if you've ever seen Matt tweet, you know that is going to be a problem. So make sure you're following Jeremy. <laughs> and Appreciate it, guys. Give him your support. He needs it. Like, he goes through a lot when he's trying to go through that. So make sure you, you know, support him and what he's doing. Yep. And, uh, you know, all the extra follows will just uh, maybe help me with a little bit of uh, additional therapy as needed. So thanks, guys. <laughs> Well, that's great. So we're we're moving along here. Pod stepped in. He got himself a uh, little Derrick Henry. Uh, Tara, you went with Kamara. Interest on this. Mm. Is this because Jameis Winston is now the starting quarterback? Wait, what? Did I miss an, uh, an announcement? I, I don't think the announcement was official yet, but we, we got something going here. Uh, Will, are you around? Let's see if we can bring in Will here real quick as he's on the clock. There he is. Will, you're on the clock. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Let's do it. All right. Uh, let's see who we're going to go with here. Um, everybody's going quarter. I mean, running back so far. But you know what? I, I got to stay true to my guy. And um, I'm, I'm high on him. I already got um, a lot of shares in him in other drafts. So I'm going to go with a JT. Mm. Little Jonathan Taylor coming in there. So anyone who doesn't know who Will is yet, if you follow along on Clubhouse, you will know who he is. You know biased opinions are there all the time on the clubhouse. He's bringing in this game to the Twitter sphere now. You know, he's, he's doing some work with us. He's going to do some prop betting stuff on our on our Vipers network, and he's got some other stuff going on too there. Will, where else can people find you? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm um, happy to be part of Dynasty Vipers. I'm um, also part of uh, Campus, to, Campus to Canton. 
Um, also doing some stuff for IDP guys and uh, doing some NFL betting content for football absurdity. So you go from like not really getting into it and all of a sudden you're like right into it now. I know we talked about it, getting this going, getting some, getting a little bit of business going on there uh, at the uh, expo, which obviously wrapping up. Yeah, yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We got it going on. We got it going on here. So right now we are now officially – well, I don't know, was that seven picks in, running back, running back, running back, running back. Finally, Calvin and Hobby, he gets a little bit of mix there. Junior, Kelsey, talk about it. I think he's a cheat code. I think it's one of the guys that you plug into your lineup and you are at an extreme advantage at, at a position where a lot of people are going to have trouble figuring out who to put in there. I got a guy that's going to put up, you know, very strong numbers. And uh, yeah, we'll see how this goes in terms of like, where the value falls, but I have no problem trying to build around Kelsey and other people who I think are going to give me an advantage. And then, so I just went with Chubb because I love to keep the running backs going. I'm a running back, running back kind of guy, but I want to bring in Bob uh, Gilchrist now who does a lot of our graphics here on the side. He kind of went with a, a little bit of Saquon Barkley there. I know we've talked about Barkley in the past. You're a firm believer in him. I love Barkley's value right now. Talk about Barkley here. Why did you take Barkley over Chubb or Jones or Eckler? Uh, he's a generational talent. I've heard that somewhere, right? Um, he He's just set up uh, for success as usual. I mean, you're getting a guy that was, what, the two or th- uh, third round, uh, third pick a couple years ago um, for, like, the seventh, eighth pick. Uh, I'll take that uh, every year. Uh, Every draft, um, there's a couple drafts that I would, some people would say I reached for him and grabbed him around two or three, but I believe in his talent and they are going to use him. Uh, I would agree. I'm a big fan. I'm not too worried about that. Uh, the quad being a little bit smaller now. I've come back from the ACL. I think he's going to be ready to go uh, right off the get-go. I think you're, he may not get the 30 touches off the get off the get-go there week one, but I think by week three, he's going to be getting that 30 touch mark. I think he's going to be looking at 20 to 25 weeks one and two, see how the Giants are going to use him. And I just kind of want to flip back here because we also have uh, Ryan joining us here as well. He went running back like almost everyone else in the first round, taking Aaron Jones. Talk about it, Ryan. I mean, you have to take a running back in the first round, it seems like. It seems like you you just have to because of everyone taking it in front of you. Aaron Jones is... A great value here at 10, I believe. He's finished fifth last season with Aaron Rodgers. I know a little people buy the dip earlier in the offseason on underdog specifically, but I'm all in on Aaron Jones this offseason. I think he's going to do fantastic. I know Tara likes to hear that being a fellow Packers fan, but I think Aaron Jones is set up to crush it. I'm on the clock again. Almost got me not paying attention there. Well, I'm I actually hoping for a, maybe an auto pick there for Cam Akers. So that was kind of where I was going. See, now no. you just sniped me. That's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> I was leaning towards him, but that's okay because I'm a big believer in the guy I'm about to select here because Antonio Gibson is going to be that guy this year. I love everything about him. I'm not too worried about J.D. McKissick as far as his 80 receptions and 100 targets last year. I think even if Gibson can get 30% of those targets, I think he's going to have a huge year. Now, the one thing that worries me about Gibson a little bit is 28% of his points last year came against the Dallas Cowboys. And unfortunately, he only gets to play Dallas twice every year. So 
it's going to be a little bit there, but I think in the second year, he is going to be, you mentioned value. You talk about PPR. This is a one QB PPR league that we're running here. Um, some of the other options I'm looking up and down the board. I want to get both my running backs. I want to make sure my running backs is set up. So yeah, it's got to be, give me the best available running back for me right now. And for me, that's Gibson here at the 204. Now we're moving back to Calvin who went tight end in the first. Where is he going here? He is going with the zero RB coach, it appears. I'll take the also best take- wide receiver in the league. I'll take Stefan Diggs. Ooh. He's going to score a ton of points and a high high volume offense. I mean, you guys are giving me the best tight end and the best wide receiver. I'll take it. That might be a little bit of a hot take, but I like it. I respect it. I, I mean, both of those were, were number one last year, their positions, right? I, I believe so. Uh, no, Devontae Adams. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That guy. Yeah. Diggs still had the most targets. He still had the most receptions. He still had the most yards. He just didn't have the touchdowns that uh, Adams had. I think Adams had 18 or something. Tara, I see your lips moving, but I couldn't hear anything. I wasn't sure if you were on mute or not. You were going to jump in there on the Diggs pick. Can you hear me All now? Right, that's, yeah, we got you now. Sorry. I got a new mic, and I was testing the mute button off to the side, and obviously I don't know what I'm doing, so I'm going to stop messing with that. Um, but, uh, no, I was saying I like uh, I would like Calvin to uh, show us the zero RB strategy since Jeremy didn't get the chance to since he had the number one pick. So, yeah, I want to I want to see it. Can you commit to it? We'll, we'll see how it goes. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> I, I, I want to challenge you here to see if you can out – out zero RB uh, Daggle from uh, one of those flex leagues. I think he went running back his first eight picks. Then he went a quarterback at pick nine before taking Pollard with the 10th pick, 10th round pick. Wow. Can you do that? Can you, can you go that long? I don't know about going in with Pollard as my RB one. That's a little, that's a little risky, but uh, I don't know. That's a little, Look, three wide receivers, when you can start that, I mean, look, just get people who score points. I mean, that's the main thing, right? Like, just get as many points as you can on your team. And, yeah, I love what Robert's saying here on the Harris train. I think I think Harris could be one of those guys that scores a bunch. I like that he paired him up with Tyreek Hill. That's a great, great one-two punch. So just kind of break down. we got Will coming up. He's about 40 seconds there on the clock. He's popping back in. We're going to throw him back on the stream as he's all got right, his pick coming right. in. All right, all right, 40 seconds coming up. Um, I like that, just to add people that are going to get you points. So I feel confident about this uh, guy right here. So I'm going to go um, ooh, a little Miles Gaskin. Ooh, that's a little Whoa. spicy there. Lots of Twitter was hating on him there. I want to, I want to, I want to pry this a little bit, Will. You're the guy, you know the matchups inside the matchups. you got the DFS kind of information. What's still giving you the Miles Gaskin as a second round value here? Well, here's the thing. I mean, I like what I've seen from Tua in the preseason so far. Mm-hmm. I think that um, him coming into the season as a as a clear number one starter and not looking over his shoulder. Also, he he admitted last year that he didn't know the playbook. You know, so he pretty much was uh, okay with taking that year off, trying to rehab his hip and everything. But now coming in as a number one starter, he has his guy in Waddle, which he had great success in Alabama. So I think that these guys are going to definitely take it to another level because, as you saw last year, the defense already did their thing. So it's now for the offense to match that. I love it. I think Miami's going to have an explosive offense this year. 
You knew right away, as soon as they made that draft pick for Waddle, they were going to let Tua sling it. I've mentioned this time and time again when I talk about the Dolphins' offense. Then they went out and they reaffirmed what I was thinking by signing Will Fuller on top of it. So you got two guys on the outside. And say what you will about Will Fuller and taking his performance-enhancing drugs just so he can stay healthy for one season and wherever you want to go on this. When he's in the lineup, whether it's been Tex- with the Texans or wherever, he's been effective. He he has shown, even when DeAndre Hopkins left, he showed that he has the ability to be a top option in an offense. Uh, and, you know, you put him there with Waddle, a little bit of speed, and people are kind of maybe sleeping on Devontae Parker right now. If my boy Preston Williams comes back, you know, this offense, they can be excited to watch. Mixing a little Miles Gaskins there, like you said, and we're ready to roll. Now, Let's Terry, you're coming up. You're coming up, Tara. You got Kamara in the first. You got 45 seconds on the clock. I'm going to pull in uh, Rebel here before he falls asleep on us. I feel we got to talk to him as he's uh, just to keep him awake at this time. Still making it, guys. Still making it. I'll let you know. Well, we'll get until we see those auto picks coming in. Then we'll we'll know that you fell asleep on us. <laughs> I hear you. Well, listen. If you see me picking more than a more than a handful of RBs in the in the top few rounds, then you'll know. Um, okay, so you're like- in the interesting. You've got your running back slash wide receiver at pick number one overall. Now you got the back to back here. What I'm going to figure out that you're going probably wide receiver, wide receiver based on your love for zero RB. Yeah, I mean you, you probably got to go hero RB or modified zero RB, whatever we're calling it these days. But um, you know, uh, Kittle is interesting. Um, I do like Waller over Kittle um, at the tight end two uh, for tight end three at the back half of the or at the end of the second round. Uh, he's definitely intriguing. Uh, if I'm looking at RBs, um, CEH just went, uh, so it's maybe Dobbins, uh, but there's too much wide receiver value still left on the board. Uh, so yeah, I'm definitely going to double up here. It's a little, it's a little difficult. I think AJ Brown is uh, a no brainer there. Um, you know, without, uh, Arthur Smith, um, you know, they could open it up. They should open it up a little bit more. Julio's in town to take away some of that, um, you know, some of that coverage from Brown and should see or could see more one-on-one looks. So uh, I like that pick there. And then I'll double it up. Uh, Justin Jefferson would probably be a no-brainer pick for me, um, but I am intrigued by uh, Terry McLaurin. He's, he's one of the guys I love this season. Uh, but it's just a, a hair too early, I think, for him. Uh, so I will go Jefferson. I mean, it's tough for me to argue with either one of those. I, I see Tara kind of nodding her head when you talk about uh, Terry McLaren there. We we all love him on this show. He's one of our favorite wide receivers. I'm really high on him this year, especially with the offensive weapons surrounding him. You know, you add Diami Brown, who I think is going to take a lot more uh, attention from defenses than what we may be thinking right now because of his ability to make those big plays. So I really like McLaren this year. There's a few wide receivers I'm a little bit higher on than most people, and I'm afraid that I might lose a couple of them here because uh, uh, I've spoken on them earlier, but I agree with you. There's nothing wrong with them. A.J. Brown, Justin Jefferson, McCaffrey is a pretty good way to start a draft off. Can't complain. Uh, we got Tara coming up again, back-to-back yeah. running backs, back-to-back PPR machines here. One yeah, from so LSU, you know. and well <laughs> – I'm uh, I'm with kind of with Jeremy on there. I I love Terry McLaurin. I'm not I'm a little torn right now. Um, but I'm gonna go with my boy Keenan Allen. Um, you know, in PPR, he's just such 
a smash hit for me. Um, I don't think that you really have anything to worry about with him in terms of any type of regression possibilities for Justin Herbert, just because he's not someone who's out there like um, not, not to knock Devonte Adams at all, but he's not someone who's thriving off of touchdowns. Keenan Allen's not a big touchdown recipient. So he's mainly out there thriving off of targets and high volume. And even if there is some inaccuracies or increase in interceptions, decrease in touchdowns, that's not going to be something that's really going to affect Keenan Allen as much as it would another receiver, he's still going to get the volume. So as long as he's out there getting volume, they're still throwing the ball and keeping with the same offensive mindset, which they will. It's still going to be Keenan Allen right up there at the top. Well, we, we spoke on this night when I released my wide receiver rankings, Keenan Allen's a guy who's going a little bit later. That would not surprise us if he has that Stefan Diggs type season where he's all of a sudden a top two or three option for teams right now. You know what I mean? He could be a top three wide receiver when it's all said and done, especially in PPR. With Justin Herbert kind of getting going here, you got Josh Palmer coming to help. You got Mike Williams in a contract here. That offense there in Los Angeles could be very good as well. Uh, I was brought in here, uh, Mike uh, at RFF or RFL Red Zone. Another one of our guys, him and Roberto, are going to be kicking off a little bit of a Debbie series here going forward. Uh, Mike, we've seen you kind of go a little bit earlier. Devontae Adams, Darren Waller, one and two here for you. How, how are you feeling so far about those two picks? I'm feeling great. Uh, I, you know, once Aaron Jones, uh, Ryan kind of um, sniped me there with Aaron Jones, but as soon as he went off the board, then I knew I had to go wide receiver. So I went, I was debating between both Devonte Adams and Tyreek Hill and went with Adams. I don't know if he's going to finish as a, a wide receiver one again, after finishing last year as a wide receiver one, that's so difficult to do, but I, I, to me, he's the best receiver, so uh, that's what I went with. And then uh, on my second pick, I went Darren Waller. I, the tight ends, they're just not too many. You you have to get the the four or five guys because after that, then it just becomes uh, a whoever grab. I mean, it really doesn't matter. So if you can get at least one of the four or five guys that are there at tight end, then you're pretty set. So uh, Eckler um, – was my other choice that I was going to go with. I could have robbed Brian right back, but I decided to go to tight end um, instead. Well, I, I love that tight end pick. I, I have Waller as my number one tight end going into the season, but I did see the unicorn himself go off the board. Bob took the unicorn and we got to get the Kyle Pitts number one fan here on the screen to talk a little Kyle Pitts. Bo, how you doing? <laughs> Good, man. What's up, Bo? Hey guys, I'm crashing your party. I'm not part, <laughs> nice. not part of your draft party. What's going on, guys? You are the party. <laughs> yeah, right. The party can start now. I'm about to throw Kelvin out of the party because he just took yeah. CD Lamb on me, which I'm not too happy about. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> yeah, CD Lamb the third, dude. That's. I feel like that's been one of those things where we're like, why were we not higher on him? Right. Um, <laughs> I love the Kyle Pitts pick, and is there a tight end premium here, or is just Bob Bob no. on my on my side here? Uh, yeah, Bob's it's just on your side it's, it is it's a strategy I've been employing all offseason. I've been targeting Waller in the second if I can, but I'm 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 not against reaching for Pitts in the third or fourth uh, when his ADP is kind of at the end of the fourth because I feel like even if he's not what I say he's going to be, which is a top three tight end this year, um, I still think he's going to be worth it enough to be a, in that same tier with the top 
breed guys that are already there established. And so if you're going with that strategy where you're saying, I want the positional advantage with scarcity, I want the guy that's going to be part of that tier. And, and a lot of people aren't putting him in that tier yet. So I'm, I'm saying that's an edge I can maybe take advantage of because if he's even remotely close to Kittle, Waller, and Kelsey, then we're, we're in business because you're getting a value at that point. Yeah, you know, a lot of people talk about um, talk about who's the next whatever, right? Like, we want to find the next James Robinson. We want to find the next Justin Jefferson. And, and we don't get those every year, right? Like, that's just not something that's going to happen. But I don't remember anybody saying this, but the other day I was looking through my tight end rankings and I was just like, you know what? Why couldn't Kyle Pitts be the next Justin Jefferson? Why could he not fill that role of a rookie that comes out and be and just – just goes absolutely bananas. I mean, this is the first tight end that was ever nominated for the Bolitnikoff Award. I didn't right. even know tight ends could be nominated for the Bolitnikoff Award. Because it's never happened. And and the and another thing is when he was a sophomore two years ago, he wasn't even eligible for the Mackey Award for the top tight end because he didn't log enough snaps at tight end. And so mm. he is more of a wide receiver than a tight end. And so if you have a guy who's Megatron sized, Megatron speed, Megatron footwork, Megatron hands, and you're putting him in an offense where his opportunity is already premium from day one, it's a high volume passing offense that's going to be playing from behind a lot because their defense is still atrocious. Uh, you have a pretty accurate quarterback in Matt Ryan that's going to be looking for his tight end a lot when Tony Gonzalez was in Atlanta. This is this is all the makings of that perfect storm where Jefferson went off last year more than Lamb, more than Ayuk, more than the other guys because of opportunity. He was already slated to be a top two target in that offense next to Adam Thielen. We didn't expect him to usurp Adam Thielen as the top receiver, but when you put him at the X and he runs routes better than just about any rookie we've ever seen, uh, it that that opportunity combines with his skill, and you see the type of season that he had. It was a perfect storm last year, and yeah. I'm saying that it's a very high likelihood that we're looking at another perfect storm in a slightly different rendition. I love that. If people, Bo, we're gonna talk here real quick here. I know you do some Debbie work for us, but you're another one of those guys that's kind of blowing up everywhere. I, I've seen now sport me <laughs> out here on that now. You know, between you and Scott, you guys got all kinds of things going on in the DFS world. Kind of let everyone know where they can find you outside of, so, obviously, this draft. Yeah, I'm crashing the draft. I'm not even part of it. Um, I'm going to play favorites like, because you can find me anywhere on Twitter at Bo underscore McBigTime. You can get my food products at BigTimeFlavor.co. Um, it's, it's, it's just fun for me to interact. I love football. I've always loved all sports. I'm just like that my brain is wired to remember useless sports facts. So um, if it's sports and I'm interested, I'm going to remember all the things I see and football happens to be one of the most fun ones. So it's, it's just, uh, yeah, it looks like uh, Deontay just got sniped from Calvin. <laughs> I, I used that, to like, there was a, there was a time I, I used to like Ryan. I really did. I, I thought Ryan was great up until just yeah. now. I, I never really liked him because he's an Eagles fan. So, I mean, there is that. Uh, it's it's more like, yeah, I you can find me pretty much everywhere on Twitter. All my stuff, all the different companies that I've been fortunate enough to contribute to, including Dynasty Vipers, 
Uh, it's I, I I somehow squeezed every single one of the tags into my bio <laughs> by eliminating the space. I didn't. I, I, there's no spaces, so instead of spaces, I put like one of those vertical uh, slashes, and <laughs> it's the only way I was able to fit all of them in, including sports me. Uh, starting today, I, uh, that was really cool for them to uh, think of me as uh, as a contributing person to uh, their growing app that's going to be taken over because everybody loves to argue. And like even if it's not about sports, people just love to argue with other people. And I'm the kind of person to argue even just to be a contrarian. Like I just want to be a jerk sometimes and I want to I want to be in disagreement um, if there's any kind of little thing where I'm not so I'm not a hundred percent on something and somebody's a hundred percent the other direction. I'll take the, I'll take contrarian view, no problem. And so sports means a really good fit for me because I can just go on and, and spout my, uh, spout my spicy stuff. And, and people kind of, they either listen to me or they don't really, it's just, it's just fun. This is all for fun guys. Like everybody takes all mm-hmm. this stuff so seriously, but it's a game within a game within a game. And we're arguing about it, the, all those different layers of gaming. So, I mean, if you're not having fun playing this, I think you're in the wrong line of work. I wasn't sure if Calvin was going to get that pick in there. I was watching that timer tick down slowly. I'm like, I, I don't want to interrupt Bo right now, but Calvin's got about eight <laughs> seconds to make a selection. But you know what? Yeah. That Sport Me app, that sport me app that's, that's almost like a perfect app for, dare I say it, some thieves to get involved in, correct? There's quite a few of us in there. Um and it's it's really cool because we have such a great group of people that have been basically a brotherhood from the from the formation of the club uh and we are all really supportive it's more of a fraternity brotherhood sort of thing than a business thing and we're like hey we're all pretty decent content creators so let's let's back each other up when it comes to what we're creating what we're putting out there whether it's on twitter or instagram facebook even just for the websites that we work for um, that's 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 really the name of the game with with sports me. It's like we're getting a bunch of people together that create content and create engaging content, and that's that's really what sports me is all about: is getting people fired up about certain topics, reacting in a real and raw way. And uh, and the thieves are the thieves are just one group of many that would that would stand out among everybody else that's in the space. It, it, whether you're competing or not, I'm not competing with anybody. I'm competing with myself. Like how, how far can I push this hobby into um, whatever it turns into? Exactly. I love what you said there. Cause it, it's, it's, it really is like a family. It feels like, you know what I mean? Except there's a lot less arguing. Like this isn't my family. Like there's a lot more it's things weird, thrown yeah. in my household. It, it's almost like everyone kind of gets <laughs> along, respects one another. Uh, Will, I got you in here. You know what? We were just talking with Terry McLaren there uh, early in the third. Boom. Onto your roster he goes. We see a little bit of a quarterback run. We were just talking about value. Mahomes, Allen, Kyler Murray is the third quarterback. How are you feeling about that? You're on mute there, Will. Sorry about that. So, yeah, uh, I feel great about the pick. You know, I would have definitely went with a Josh Allen. Actually, in this format, um, this year, I think um, Josh Allen has a good chance to go for uh, MVP in the league. And I think that's where he's, uh, you know, his team is going to go. If you look at the running backs that they have on the team, he's going to always pick up those uh, rushing yards, especially when in the red zone. They like him to get that. So within like the 20 to 15 yards, they could like to get him um, the ball. And then he has, uh, has a lot of uh, scoring touchdowns. And the same thing with Kyler Murray. If you look at the over-under um, for this year, I was looking at it, um, doing a futures play on it. 
624 and a half. And last year he did, he ran for 840 yards. So, you know, with the combination of the passing yards, him having the weapons on the outside and then having the ability to escape the pocket and run. Um, I just like him to pick up the points. And at the end of the day, I mean, that's what, that's what it's all about. I don't care if you pick up points um, purely passing, but if you do both passing and rushing, sign me up. I think you might have just convinced uh, Lamont there about going with uh, Lamar Jackson for the same reasons there. Uh, I'm going to give a quick little recap here. Uh, for those who are listening, the first round basically shaped up as this. McCaffrey at one, followed by Henry, Kamara, Dalvin Cook, Jonathan Taylor, Ezekiel Elliott, Barkley, Travis Kelsey, uh, Nick Chubb, Aaron Jones, Devontae Adams, and Tyreek Hill. Second round led off with Najee Harris, Darren Waller, Austin Eckler, Antonio Gibson, Stefan Diggs, Calvin Ridley, Joe Mixon, Miles Gaskins, which was a bit of a surprise for me, but Will, you're you're all in on him. Uh, DK Metcalf, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, DeAndre Hopkins, AJ Brown. I still haven't pronou- mispronounced anyone's name wrong. That's 24 names I've gotten right. We'll keep going. Justin Jefferson, George Kittle, Keenan Allen, J.K. Dobbins, Terry McLaren, uh, Allen Robinson, who's one of my favorite, most disrespected receivers in the game. Kyle Pitts, C.D. Lamb. Calvin, you killed me there, man. You killed me there taking C.D. Lamb. That's my guy. Um, just a heads up, Jeremy, you got about 35 seconds after CD Lamb went David Montgomery, Robert Woods, uh, Swift, Mahomes to start off the fourth round. T Higgins came off the board, followed by Mike Evans, Deontay Johnson, Josh Allen, Cooper Cup, uh, Josh Jacobs, Chris Godwin, Kyler Murray, Julio Jones, Brandon Ayuk, Lamar Jackson, Amari Cooper. And now to start off the fifth, Jeremy, you're on the clock here. You've got Tyler Lockett, you've got it locked and loaded. Talk to me about Tyler Lockett here in the fifth. Yeah, it was a tough decision. I was uh, considering Dak there. Uh, Love Dak, but certainly the shoulder injury is concerning. Um, It would have been nice to stack him with Cooper, um, but still felt a little bit early. And the other consideration there was DJ Moore. Uh, Didn't really love, surprise, surprise, the Arby's on the board uh, at that point. But uh, I just don't think Tyler Lockett is going to be as inconsistent uh, as he's always been. Uh, we've got uh, a new offensive coordinator in town. Uh, there's lots of chatter about uh, you know them opening it up and finally letting Russ cook. I don't necessarily believe that until I see it, uh, but I think Tyler Lockett uh, is just such a good reality NFL wide receiver. If he can just put it together and get in the end zone uh, and spread those touchdowns out a little bit more. Um, I think I looked into this the other day. Uh, he scored 10 touchdowns last year. Uh, but only scored in five games. And uh, I believe he had two touchdowns in week 17. Uh, so certainly hurts you more than he helps you. Um, but that's got to regress back and, and uh, you know, uh, start to normalize a little bit. And I think Terry just got the steal of the draft there with Chris Carson in the fifth round. We're talking about a RB1, in my opinion, this year. Going in the fifth round, I think that's – I think we all just disrespected Chris Carson once again, like he's getting disrespected in pretty much every draft out there. This is pretty much the norm spot for Chris Carson. And honestly, I bet you I would take him above anyone from Gaskins on. Like I'd say Joe Mixon would be that cutoff guy. I might even take Chris Carson above Joe Mixon here in reality. So, you know, getting him in the fifth after guys coming off the board before him, that's great value there, Tara. I know you're a big proponent of him and what he can do. He's come up on your series there. It's Terra time. I know you've talked about him uh, with TikTok there with the fantasy pros. So let's, let's give Chris yeah. Carson a little bit of love here. Yeah. Um, and my mindset was exactly what you were thinking. Now, I rarely 
Um, rarely in this situation would I be taking a running back if I went running back, running back. I like to stack up on receivers, but <laughs> he was in my queue just because I like to keep my favorite running backs in my queue. And I looked over there and I noticed, wait, why is he still here? Josh Jacobs came off the board. Miles Sanders came off the board. Um, so I was a little confused. I sat there and I thought about it. I'm like, okay, well, this is not something I typically do, but the value there is crazy good for him because Chris Carson is just, oh my gosh. I mean, in games where he actually plays, I mean, he's in PPR, he's never scored last year. He, the lowest he scored was 10 points in a game. So when you can guarantee that someone just, I mean, he's got the most solid floor out there for an RB2. Very little risk. I know we've got, you know, injury concerns, but he's not someone that has massive injury concerns that are going to take him out for half a season. He's going to, you know, it'll be a little irritating. You'll miss like two to three games or so. Um, but it's something that you can work around. And with him as my RB3, um, with Kamara as my RB1, and then Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who I think, you know, is a solid RB2. But depending on how things go and how they utilize him, if they integrate him more in the pass game, he could have an opportunity to move a little bit further up um, to possibly a low-end RB1. So, I mean, when you're looking at a running back room like that, uh, it's going to set you up for success, in my opinion. So I'll, I'll I'll wait. There was some good wide receiver talent on the board there. I was thinking about Judy. That would have been my pick if I didn't take Carson because I love the fact that um, Bridgewater starting uh, is really great for him, in my opinion, uh, compared to Cortland Sutton. So, so yeah, um, I think it's a good thing. I'll, I'll wait on the wide receiver, but Chris Carson, man, as an RB3, that's fantastic. I agree. I watched – I can see Bob here in the Boom Boom Room – his reaction to my reaction to Zach absolutely sniping both of us there with James Robinson coming off the board. I, I got to pull up uh, uh, Bob. Bob, how did that feel Here's to watch James reaction. Robinson go? <laughs> I mean, I, yeah, that was about it. I am so uh, I'm so glad we're actually not playing this out. Uh, you know, going back to even the third round, I was sitting there debating uh cd lamb or kyle pitts and i'm saying well i think cd lamb might have a better chance of getting back to me because he's buried on the sleeper adp maybe someone didn't sort it yeah the so the next pick was cd lamb i think i might have had a better chance that kyle pitts might have made it back around to me uh and yes i completely overlooked chris carson and i've got josh jacobs and then I just get sniped on Jalen Rod, I not on James Robinson. I mean, I I probably would put this team on uh, on the orphan list very quickly, but uh, <laughs> we'll keep going. Uh, now everyone's drafting really well, and um, I I'm uh, I'm a little impressed. So I, I got Ryan here. We pulled you in here. I want to talk about your lineup you got going here. Aaron Jones, Austin Eckler, good start off there. Robert Woods is another one of those guys I put in the disrespected wide receiver category. Uh, I love myself some Bobby Trees. There's no doubt about it. Then you want Deontay Johnson. Uh, this is a negative 0.25 per drop league, so that might have been oh. a wasted pick. And then we have TJ Hawkinson. You just took him in the fifth. How are you feeling about that? I'm feeling really good. I have to apologize to Cal for sniping him there. I, I saw he was a little... A little upset there, but I like Deontay Johnson. He's one of my favorite players this year. 144 targets this past season. He's going to get it again. There's no reason not to. I know they have Najee Harris. Their O-line's still a little banged up, but I like my team structure. I, there's a couple of things I would have changed, but, you know, you live and you learn. I, I really like TJ Hawkinson, too. 
a lot of targets coming his way this season in Detroit. I'm really excited about that. I've gotten to the point where I'm smashing Deontay in the fourth and Jerry Judy in the fifth. Those are kind of my favorite targets right now in those that fourth and fifth round and sniped on both those. I am telling you almost every draft I'm in, I'm able to get those guys, but Hey, when you're in here with some smart drafters, that's what happens, right? Well, you, you mentioned it, it. It's not playing out the way that it typically is. Usually, Terry McLaren and CeeDee Lamb are my guys to get at the 3-4 area. And they both went in the third before my pick. So that just kind of tells you where these numbers are moving here heading into the weekend. Maybe a couple weeks ago, you could have got Terry McLaren late in the third or CeeDee Lamb late in the third and doubled him up with the opposite, but not in this draft. Um Mike, we got you in here. You're on the clock here right away. You've gone, like I said, Devontae Adams, Waller, Swift, Evans, Andrews. Now, before you make your – once you make your next pick, I just want to kind of give you, you a chance to break down your roster for us. You might be on mute too. So, basically, my, my conception of things is that because there's only five Titans that are worth anything, if on my roster I can get two of them – that is going to basically destroy anybody else who doesn't have those other three tight ends. So that's my goal. Um, I've been sort of been messing around with this and mock drafts and those kind of things. So I got the two tight ends that, you know, where everybody else is now, if they don't have one are nitpicking and, and basically don't have much, which, I mean, one person has Kittle, one has Kelsey and that's it. So the rest of the owners are going to be scrambling for tight ends now. And, and I have either trade bait or the dominant role there. Um, Devonte Adams, as I said, is top three wide receiver, regardless of where he falls. Uh, Mike Evans, I like his value. I think I have him at wide receiver 15. And my next selection is Kenny Galladay. And if he can stay healthy, he's far and above, um, you know, a lot of these players that are um, left. You know what? I, I love that Kenny Galladay. I was eyeing him there. Uh, I'm coming up on the clock here as well. I went three running backs and a quarterback, and it really hurt me with Adam Thielen being my wide receiver one. Kenny Galladay was almost my wide receiver one because I think he is going to be that primary option for Daniel Jones after yep. Saquon Barkley, of course. But I think Galladay, I think he's going to be miraculously healed this season getting out of Detroit. So uh, I think there's a lot of good things going on there. Good value. Now I'm sitting here in a spot where I'm like, okay, I really punted the wide receiver position. Uh, I'm looking at my draft board here. We got Jamar Chase, who is um, probably the highest ranked guy based on ADP. Uh, I'm still really concerned about him, mostly because he's from LSU. That's the thing that always bothers me. There's, there's a lot of weird receivers <laughs> that come out of LSU. You look at it like Odell Beckham, he's maybe the number two in Cleveland right now. And uh, now we got Jamar Chase, who's got a little bit of the drops. He's here early on. That's going to get rectified. Do not panic on Jamar Chase. It will be rectified before the end of the season. But I'm going to go, I'm going to take a little bit of a risk here. I know what Tara said, and I agree with it earlier about Bridgewater. Judy is going to be the bigger beneficiary or whatever you want to say for Bridgewater coming in. But I don't know how long Bridgewater is going to last. So I'm going to pluck in Cortland Sutton here as my wide receiver too, which I feel pretty comfortable about. I'm not in love with Adam Thielen as number one. I think Adam Thielen is really a true number two. But if I can get a number two here in Thielen, a number two in Sutton, and maybe another number two 
with my next pick or the pick after, I'm going to feel much better about my roster construction moving forward. Now, Calvin, obviously you decided to grab Chase just because? <laughs> well, sure, why not? Just throw a pick. No, because he's awesome. Are you are you kidding me? Like, he's dipping down now into the sixth round, which I think is way later than he's been going. I, but, I mean, that's everybody's worried about a few drops that he had in the, in the preseason, and all of a sudden everything that we know about him going into this goes away and he's Laquan Treadwell all of a sudden? No, this is a generational-type talent. I, he's an awesome wide receiver. He's going to be just fine. He's hooked back up with his college quarterback. Even if it takes him a few weeks like 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 it did for Justin Jefferson last year, we forget that. it did. He wasn't immediately right off the bat the best wide receiver in the league. Even if it takes a few weeks, Jamar Chase is going to be well worth a pick in the sixth round. You know, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I don't, I don't hate it there. The sixth round seems to be value. I'm kind of interested to watch T Higgins there. I wish Roberto was available to kind of talk about it. T Higgins going in the back end of the fourth while Chase slips down to the sixth right now. I really believe all three of these wide receivers are going to third, uh, flirt with a thousand yards. I really think Joe Burrow is going to be able to support three 1,000 yard receivers. The game scripts are going to allow that where they're going to have to chuck that ball up more often than not. So we'll, we'll see how this kind of breaks down. Bob, I love that pick there. Antonio Brown uh, as your wide receiver, too. I think that's good value there as well. So I think, uh, like I said, everything's kind of shaping up pretty much the way I would expect it. Like I said, Will kind of threw me off there a little bit with the Miles Gaskins pick in the second. Roberto taking T. Higgins there at the back of the fourth, which I don't hate, but a little bit shocking compared to Jamar Chase going in the sixth right now. So before those were kind of, I think, reversed. Can I tell you something though? Will's team is awesome. It, it's my favorite <laughs> so far. I other than the Miles Gaskin pick, which again, like, is kind of a head scratcher, but it make like his team is otherwise so good. It makes me want to revisit Miles Gaskin. <laughs> like that's how good that that his team is right now. Uh, well, yeah, I had to pull him in. Jerry Judy pick, uh, especially with Teddy Bridgewater as the quarterback. And yeah. I, yeah, as long as Bridgewater is the quarterback, then Jerry Judy is going to be getting a lot of targets. And even though he dropped a lot of passes last year, I think a lot of that has to do with just being a rookie, taking on a full load because Cortland Sutton went down. Uh, Jerry Judy will be a bounce back candidate this year. So I was feeling good about my team initially, and now I'm feeling even better. Um, so I, I appreciate the, uh, the, the confirmation there from you guys, I really do. Um, you know, the, the, the Miles Gaskin, I, I will definitely revisit this throughout the whole season. I just think that he, you know, you got to look at not only like the rushing yards, but he's a, a good receiver out the back. Yeah, he, he makes a difference. We've seen in that last preseason game there, Gaskins catching that Miles pass. I think in with Tua being, being back there and at, at full strength, especially. For- yeah. Yeah, that, that 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 dude is um he's quick as well, right? So all you need to do is just get him the ball, leave the rest to him. So um I know it might have been a, a little reach on the second uh in the second uh in the second uh round, but definitely uh, definitely worth it. And then Tara goes around and she realizes what yeah. the time of the year it is. It's Corey Davis season again. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, he was my Love last that. he was my I Last thing cue right there, because that wide receiver one run that just happened was painful, man. I mean, I, uh, Bob, Antonio Brown. That's oh, no, what please, I wanted. please. 
that whole round was wide receiver. Jeremy, please, Jeremy, Jeremy, go wide receiver here. Let's let's complete yeah, this. Yeah, I know you've got one <laughs> round. Please. please don't. You're probably gonna take my next pick. God, it was Antonio Brown, Chase Claypool. I was gonna go with Waddle and you know, because I think he has a really good chance of being the number one there with, you know, I I mean I love Will Fuller, but you know how the how it goes with him. I think Waddle can overtake Devontae Parker. So yeah, I mean it was a good little run there. Um Lavishka Chenault, Corey or uh Cortland Sutton. Jeez guys, y'all are you were killing me. I well, what's it gonna be Jerry? I'm, what's it gonna be? We're we're flirting with history here right wide now. Receiver here. Um and it's going to be Robbie Anderson. Um, mm. They just uh, extended him. He got the bag. Um, he's with his former coach. It all worked out last year with Bridgewater. And we know how much we love him. Uh, Darnold can't be any worse, right? Getting away from Adam Gase. So um, I don't see any issues with Anderson. And at this spot, I'm comfortable. And then I'm looking at Chase Edmonds. I like him, but still a little bit too early for me. So I'm just going to go ahead and take uh, a guy who I think can be the overall quarterback one this year, uh, as long as he gets over the shoulder, and that's Dak Prescott. Mm. Love that pick. I, I, yeah, I think I think you're not going to hear much disagreement here on the Dak Prescott from our panel here on right now. So if you're listening right now on the audible version of the Vipercast, the sixth round broke down like this. We basically had Odell Beckham Jr., Kenny Galladay, LaVisca Chanel, uh, Cortland Sutton, Jamar Chase, Antonio Brown, Chase Claypool, J- Jalen Waddle, Devonta Smith, Corey Davis, DJ Chark, and Robbie Anderson. An entire round of wide receivers off the board. And I'm still sitting here with two wide receivers. And I'm looking across, and I don't see anyone with less than three. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Lamont, he's got two as well. So. And he just went Raheem Mostert there just in the seventh round. And then, come on, Tara. You know love better it. than that. Love it. I love, love Darnell Mooney. Oh, such a talent. Such a talent. I mean, and when Justin Fields obviously starts, it's going to be fantastic. And, yeah, there's just so much promise there. Whenever that may have actually hurt, that may have actually hurt more than the C.D. Lamb <laughs> pick earlier because – I am all about that Darnell Mooney. And we're looking at it. It's still fairly disrespectful. You look at these wide receivers that are off the board. I'm not too sure what we're at, but he's still quite a ways down there. He's coming up. Uh, he His ADP was in the 10th round before. Now we're seeing him sneak into the 7th. He's starting to fall into teams, uh, uh, managers, wide receiver 3 as far as that's going. So uh, you've got him as your wide receiver 4. I think that's a fantastic spot for him right now. Guys, when do we think uh, Fields actually gets in there and gets the start? Uh, whenever Andy Dalton plays a primetime game. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> but I, I do think they're smart by letting uh, Andy Dalton face uh, Aaron Donald week one. I think that's going to be the smart thing. I don't know if you want to put a rookie. I think, I think Justin Fields will be fine in that. But if you don't have to get him in there right away, Andy Dalton's already kind of the, the – the veteran right there gives uh, Justin Fields an extra week of practice to prepare for all this. I think these rookies this year are coming into a better situation than the rookies last year, right? A lot of them didn't have the OTAs. They didn't have uh, a full set of practice based on COVID. Now these rookies coming in, Justin Fields and uh, Wilson and all these other guys, they're coming in with a full uh, off season to prepare. I think you can see a better performance from the rookies this year at the quarterback position than last year. And we had some good rookies last year. 
Uh, off the board there, Will keeps adding to his stable of young. He's building a dynasty like monster here right now. Mm-hmm. If you look at what Will's put together quietly with Taylor, Gaskin, we talked about McLaren, Murray, Judy, Waddle, and now we just followed it up with Tyler Boyd. We talk about T. Higgins. We talk about Jamar Chase. They're the ones getting all the attention right now. Tyler Boyd may have been the best of all three. He was definitely as good, if not better, than T. Higgins last year with Joe Burrow in the lineup. Uh, I think, you know, you get another round later. I think when we're talking ADP, I think Tyler Boyd has the best value of the three going forward right now. Calvin, what's your opinion there? Well, I want to go back to something real quick that nobody's really talking about. And we're just assuming that Andy Dalton on week one loses to the Rams. What happens if Andy Dalton and the Bears win that game? You keep riding with Andy Dalton. You know what? It, it, football is a business. The Bears have a team that I believe right now could win it or get a playoff position with good quarterback play. I think that's what held him back a little bit last year. I know Roberto's listening intently to what I'm saying because he is our Bears resident here. we got Steven Johnson. I think he's a big Bears fan too with our Viper family. Mm-hmm. But I really believe they're a quarterback way, much like the Broncos are. If the Broncos can get some good, stellar quarterback play, they have an opportunity to make a wild card run. Well, the Bears are in the same spot. They got a good, solid defense there. They got some weapons now with Mooney and Robinson on the outside. David Montgomery's there. Their offensive line, they did invest with Tevin Jenkins there a little bit, so they did invest a little bit in that offensive line. I think if they can get a half-decent play, this team could definitely challenge in that division there. We talked about it being an even year or an odd year for the Minnesota Vikings, so you know the Vikings are going to be good this year. That's just the way it works out. We had John Hansen kind of explain this whole Mike Zimmerman kind of situation there. We know with Aaron Rodgers, the Packers are going to be good. And we know that everyone's going to beat the Detroit Lions. So there's two automatic wins for the Bears right there before the season even starts. If you're a Bears fan, are you rooting for your team to win that game or lose that game? <laughs> oh, man, I wish we could pull in Roberto here. Like I think it's kind of a mixed reaction. You don't want to lose, but you know the future is sitting right there ready to go. Hmm. You know, I think, well, I mean, when you look back at the Dolphins um, last year, they were rolling along pretty well with Fitzpatrick. So I don't know. I don't know. I could see where even if Dalton is looking decent, they could still make that change somewhere along the line instead of do you really want to sit Justin Fields the entire year? Where does that head? So, yeah, I mean, it's possible even if they win that game and even if they, you know, look decent and he's being a good game manager that they still want to actually roll Justin Fields out there at some point. Okay, so it looks like I'm back on the clock here as well, and I have no idea where I'm going with this pick right now. I've kind of watched everything kind of unfold in front of me, guys, I was looking at, and – I'm okay. I, I don't feel bad with Adam Thielen, Cortland Sutton, Juju Smith-Schuster as the wide receiver three. It's not as good as a wide receiver group as some of these other uh, people competing with us here right now. Uh, I'm kind of going the wide receiver. It's getting already to that picked apart kind of stage. Running backs a little thin there. I am There is one guy that I am very interested in. Uh, Will touched on it with Miami. There, He's got Jalen Waddle. I talk about it. I kind of have to kind of pick Will Fuller here just based on conversations that I had earlier about how I believe in his talent. I believe they brought him into Miami for a reason. I think he has the ability to be a top option in an offense. And here we go. If he can stay healthy, I think he could be a value here in the eighth round and as a wide receiver four. And then Calvin, you got to explain yourself, son. 
You're, you're talking <laughs> Michael Thomas here. Is he even going to play? We, I don't think he's playing for the Saints this year, but do we see him coming back? Listen, I'm looking across the board of what's being taken in this round, and I'm thinking, okay, at some point, you know, Michael Carter, like Mike is going to be, is hoping that he can start him at some point this year. And what, in how many games? How many games are we going to start Michael Carter? We're going to put him in our starting lineup. How many games, like James Conner or Chase Edmonds, like how many times are we putting them in our starting lineup? How many times is, are we hoping that that's happening? Michael Thomas, as soon as he's back, we know we're putting him in our starting lineup. We know that he is going to be a top wide receiver. So if that's week five, if that's week seven, whatever it is, like he's coming back and he is going to be right there in that top wide receiver echelon that we, you know, in, in my opinion, he's a, he'll be a he'll be a wide receiver one, wide receiver two, maybe, you know, depending on how things work out. But I fully expect him to get there, command those targets, and we already know nobody can guard him. So, well, so devil's advocate, uh, devil's advocate, Cal. Because mm-hmm. um, I know petty people as a Packers fan, are you sure he's not so petty that when the injury is healed, it might not really be healed, if you know what I'm saying? It might are, are you, need are you, a season to heal. Are you talking about like a Kenny Galladay type back <laughs> injury here? I mean, sometimes those things, you know, accidentally linger (laughs) when you feel a certain way. I fully expect that, you know, I'll get to stash him on my IR, right? Because as soon as the 53 man is done, he'll go on IR probably short term. You know, he he can be pulled back. That's my guess. I don't know for sure. But at some point, like you're going to be able to look at him and and you're going to say, he's coming back. I'm going to be able to add him to my team. And even if it lingers for a little while, like, I don't think that Michael Thomas is in a position where he's going to say, I'm not going to come back at all, and I'm not going to have any of the any of this, you know, this negative press be what sticks around for, you know, for, for this offseason. Like, I want something good going in my favor. He wants the, the, the – I mean, like, I'm betting on him to care about himself and his future with that pick, if that makes sense. Well, I'm going to back this up because you, you mentioned how – awesome Michael Thomas is going to be the plug and play as soon as he comes in here. But you kind of took a shot at James Conner who went right before. So Ryan, your rebuttal. What was that, Cal? I honestly think, uh, I think James Conner is going to win the job from Chase Edmonds. Uh, they never gave him the ball within the five, I believe, or the 10. I forget which yard line it was. He has zero career carries inside that. James Conner could easily pick that up. Kenyon Drake had 10 touchdowns last year, even with Kyler Murray uh, getting 11. So I think James Conner's going to win that job and surprise a lot of people this season. I'm I'm ready to plug him in my flex in every league. I think he could. I, I, I did write up um, something on Eno Benjamin where I I did a little bit of a deep dive on James Conner. And, and you know, really we're, we're talking about three years ago when he had his really, really good season. And he has had a tough time handling a large workload ever since then. So I think the hope, for him and for the Cardinals both is that they they have an they have an opportunity to um to divide those carries up between Kyler and Connor and Edmonds but I think you're hoping for a touchdown at that point and then you know so we'll see could he wrestle that that, that away and just like could the could the desert be the fountain of youth for him that allows him to have that workload and be and be healthy the whole time cuz look when he when he had a full workload this past season 
by week seven or eight, he broke down. I, I just don't think they're going to do that to him again. Was okay. that part Bob, of the O-line? Was that the O-line? Was that partially the O-line? I know that they've been getting a lot of shots this offseason. People have been saying how bad their offensive line was in 2020. Could that have been contributed to that? Well, he was doing great, actually, like prior to that. Like if you look at his – um. Yeah. Look at his at his uh, stats, and I'll have to. It's been a while since I wrote that. <laughs> well, it's been a couple weeks, but I'll have to go back and and remind myself of exactly all the details. But yeah, like I, I don't think like he was catching passes. He was doing a lot, you know, with that. You know, is he going to have that same role in Arizona? There's this weird quote from the running backs coach that makes it sound like they're not going to they're not going to utilize him in that way. They're only going to hand hand the ball off to him. I'm, I'm just, but my point was not to just James Conner. I think it's a good value in round eight. I guess I'm just saying like the value, like at some point, Michael, be Tom, Michael Thomas becomes somebody that you can take a, you, you take a flyer on and you expect him to be able to be plugged into your lineup the same amount as you're hoping you get out of these round eight picks anyway. That, that was my, that was my main point. Point taken. I'm going to just do a quick little review here. Uh, a little review. The seventh round went Dak Prescott, Raheem Mostert, Darnell Mooney, uh, Debo Samuel, Tyler Boyd, Kareem Hunt, Damian Harris, Trey Sermon, Juju Smith-Schuster, Brandon Cooks, Ronald Jones, Noah Font. Start the eighth round. We went Chase Edmonds, Michael Carter, the aforementioned James Conner, uh, Will Fuller, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Leonard Fournette, Zach Moss, uh, Mike Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Michael Gallup, Melvin Gordon to close out the round. I kind of want to go back here, Bob. I like the last few rounds you put together there with Antonio Brown, Damian Harris, who I absolutely love. This is an absolute steal here right now. And Jarvis Landry. By the way, Sony Michelle leaving shouldn't change your thoughts on what Damian Harris no. was able to do. So let's forget about that right now. The trade helps Sony Michelle going forward, but it has no bearing on Damian Harris' value now or three weeks from now. Bob, just let's three talk about those last three picks. Three weeks ago. Uh, so I'm, I'm just really surprised that Calvin passed on Jarvis Landry. Uh, you know, you're basically, you're hoping that you get Jarvis Landry out of Michael Thomas uh, at that pick. The, I mean, if, if he were to put up Jarvis Landry numbers, you'd be happy. So why not draft Jarvis Landry? Mm. That's fair enough there. And then I got a, I got a bone to pick your dog. I'm glad Jeremy's kind of laid off the, uh, wide receivers here a little bit, but Jason, come on, man. What is it? Six wide receivers already. Uh, Jason's kind of started off here with Dalvin cook and DK Metcalf followed by JK Dobbins. And then his last five picks have all been wide receivers. Julio Jones, DJ Moore, Devonta Smith, Debo Samuel, Mike Williams. I'm going to be interested where Jason's going here. I wish I could get him on here. I see him in the boom, boom room coming by here every once in a while, but then he disappears as quickly as he appears. Uh, Tara is on the clock. Now she goes with Jacoby Myers. She's added her sixth wide receiver to go with Keenan Allen, Brandon Ayuk, Corey Davis, Mooney, St. Brown, and Jacoby Myers. Bob, I know Bob loves that Jacoby Myers pick. I love the Jacoby Myers pick. Tara, how are you feeling about it right there? I love it. I think he is the <clears throat> he is the wide receiver one in New England. And I know some people might say, okay, Willie, <laughs> really, what is that? But again, I have uh, – I have faith that Mac Jones is going to be the starter sooner than we expect. So I think they're going to have a nice little connection there and he's going to be someone that you can flex on a regular basis. Um, I don't typically take him in drafts because I have been taking a lot of Damian Harris. So that is my preference there. 
Um, but yeah, uh, I think he's a really good option. You won't hear agree, me disagree with that one. I like Jacoby Myers. I think he's going to have absolute great value there. He is going to be the number one target guy. You can talk about uh, Jonu Smith all you want. You could talk about uh, Hunter Henry all you want. They're, they're not going to be the number one option in the passing game. And Nelson Aguilar, you're going to have a he's going to have a distinct role. It's going to be that deep shot guy. And you know we got Mac Jones possibly be the number one quarterback. It's going to be Cam Newton. Beat writers are kind of predicting Mac Jones. I think that's just kind of a New England thing there, Bob. More than anything, I think just New England in general does not like Cam Newton. <laughs> I and I'm on the Cam Newton train. I I hope he's going to be the starter. I agree. I love Cam Newton and everything about him. But as as a Damian Harris uh, uh, manager there, do you really want Cam Newton there? Because you know he's going to steal those goal line touches. You know, Mac Jones ain't going to do that. He is. Um, it, it it will hurt Damian Harris's value, um, but I cannot see putting Mac Jones in any of my fantasy rosters this year. Uh, I can see a, a situation where I put Cam in to uh, my uh, starting roster. Well, who are you going to put into your ninth spot here on this roster? I don't know. Every, it's re- I really don't want to take a quarterback, but Russell Wilson is still sitting there. And mm. that that's a tough pick to pass up in the ninth round. So we're going to take and Russell the eighth- Wilson. And Russell Wilson, that's the eighth quarterback or ninth quarterback off the board yeah. here. We got Mahomes, Allen, Murray, Jackson, Prescott. Then we had a little bit of a break. We went Herbert, uh, Rogers, and Wilson at the eighth spot. So yeah, um, that's pretty He's good value getting him as the eight. I, I would agree. I think there's a bit of a teardrop after that there. So teardrop, teardrop, whatever. I can't even pronounce that word. Good lord, we're in trouble here right now. Uh, Gus said, Kel- seriously, Calvin. CD Lamb, what? and now you hit me what? with the Gus Edwards. You know Gus Edwards is my boy. I get on that Gus bus every once in a while. It's not uh, often. A couple yeah. rounds too early. It's not often you get to draft the number one running back from the team that's going to lead the league in rushes it, in the in the ninth round. I wish I had your soundboard right now because I'd be giving you like this huge applause with that. <laughs> um, I, I'm sitting here right Careful now. Careful there, Calvin. <laughs> Careful what you click. Well, I'm not I, even I see, touching it. That, I got scared yeah. of it after you said that. We got in the back room, we got a chat going on, and Jeremy swore that he could possibly get Logan Thomas in the 10th round. I'm going to tell you right now, Jeremy, there is no way Logan Thomas was coming back to you in the 10th because I am absolutely disappointed that, of all people, Will again gets one of the best values here with Logan Thomas. And now I'm stuck going back to that Miami offense and taking Mike Gasecki as Mm -hmm. my tight end. Why am I taking Gasecki? Why do I like Gasecki so much this year? It's because of Waddle, and it's because of uh, Fuller on the outsides. That is going to open up the middle. That's going to open up the seams. I think Gusecki is going to be a top 10 tight end this year. And I'm looking at it. we got Kelsey up board, Waller, Pitts, Kittle. That's four. Andrews, five. Hawkinson, six. Fant, seven. Eight is Thomas. Gusecki's right there. Uh, I'm not a big Dallas Goddard guy. Um, I'm looking at these other tight ends. There's one other tight end that I would have considered here. I don't want to say it in case I want to try Mike's uh, little uh, stunt here and double up on the tight end position and try and create a little bit of a monopoly there. But I'm looking at this, and Gusecki is one of, is probably the best tight end on the board. I want to make sure I get a guy I think I can play every week. And I think that offense there, we talked about it, is going to be something special to watch in South Beach. 
um, Gusecki and uh, Higby or Janu, whoever you're looking at, is not quite the same as what he did, but you know, it's it's close. <laughs> and can I just say, I'm still just thoroughly impressed with Will. He's my favorite person on here now, and because Logan Thomas is my number five tight end, I just did my redraft rankings for tight yep. end. He's my number five tight end. I love him. It's yeah, Will, you're you're nice. you're, you're killing it. Listen, I, I appreciate it. You know, um, this is probably like my uh, 14th. I'm in uh, 12, yeah, 12 to 13 drafts right now. So this is like my 14th draft right now that I've been doing. So been scoping out some players. And luckily for me, uh, the players that I've wanted and I've been targeting pretty much all offseason are, are, are available. So I'm, I'm picking I'm, I'm picking these players in a great spot and, and I'm playing to win, guys. I'm playing to win. Um, like Bob said earlier, too bad we're not letting this play out because I'd definitely be uh, hosting the uh the trophy at the end of the season mm-hmm. you know what usually you know, i like, come back takes... with some i was gonna say i was gonna say usually i come up with some kind of trash talk rebuttal but I, i'm looking at these lineups and i don't think i got much i can say on this one to be honest mm-hmm. with you i really like Kelly mentioned earlier how much he likes your way your team's shaping up right now i i tend to agree with that it's you got a top five tight end there you've got multiple wide receivers you got wide receiver one a wide receiver two probably two two or possibly three wide receiver twos really when it comes down to it. Plus it's, it's good value. You're getting value at every pick here right now. Yeah. I I love, listen, um, to, to, to Calvin's point, I I love Logan Thomas. Um, again, uh, being an avid, uh, college football, uh, watcher, um, spectator over the last years when he was at Virginia tech and he was a quarterback. Um, there was times where he had to uh, escape the pocket and run and he's able to do that. So now that he's in the pros and he turned to a, to a tight end, um, he's definitely coming to his own last year. He had a pretty good season, especially to end the season. I think with a Ryan Fitz magic um, back there is going to be a lot of games where he's going to see those receptions. He's going to get those um, targets uh, throughout the game. And then he's going to um, get into the end zone. So he, he's one of those where one of those players where not uh, as big as Kelsey or, or Waller um, or even Kittle, but he's he's able to um, elude from the, the linebackers and, and, and get in there. You talk about him having a good year last year. So listen to this. 110 targets, which was third in the NFL. Number one in snap share. That He saw the most snaps in the NFL among the tight ends. Mm-hmm. Most Number one in slot snaps, which means he's, he's not out there just blocking. He's also running routes. Number one in routes run among tight ends. Number one in route participation among tight ends in, in terms of his, his team. Third in targets, third in receptions. Absolutely nothing to suggest that he's going down. We did this with Darren Waller last year where we were like, oh, they added Henry Ruggs. They added Edwards. They added all these weapons. He's not going to get the target share. There's nothing to suggest that he is not going to get the target share that he got last year with his 110. And, okay, they added Diami Brown. He looks great. Fantastic. Curtis Samuel has not even practiced, has not even practiced as a member of the Washington football team. There's no reason to think. Now, he goes from... Dwayne Haskins and Kyle Allen to Ryan Fitzpatrick. I, like Logan Thomas is a steal right now. Bob, you got anything to say there before I swap you out here? Well, well, first, Will, I just let Will know that it only takes one click for this to become a uh, a live draft, a live uh, league. <laughs> but the other <laughs> the other thing is. Um, Ryan Fitzpatrick's tight end usage. Why don't you take a look at that? Uh, he has not been known for uh, using the tight end as much as 
the wide receivers. So I tend to disagree on the uh, Logan Thomas idea. But, okay, he, he likes to throw the ball to players who are open, as do most quarterbacks. And targets are not just simply there because somebody likes to throw it. Like, tar- targets are earned. Like, I don't think Ryan Fitzpatrick is so unmoldab- unmoldable that he could decide, like, you know what, I'm – yeah, I see Logan Thomas running. He's he looks open, but I don't throw the ball to tight ends. Therefore, I'm gonna chuck it up to Terry McLaurin instead. I, I just don't. He's think not he's far enough that. away from the line of scrimmage. <laughs> I just he don't think likes he's do to that. throw it downfield. Rivera, on the other hand, Rivera and Scott Turner do like to throw the ball to tight ends, and they're the ones running the yeah. offense and calling the plays. Speaking of tight ends, we got a bit of a tight end run here going last uh, couple of rounds here. This is now the. Uh, I believe six tight end to come off between the ninth and tenth round here. Uh, quick recap: starting in the ninth here, we had AJ Dillon, followed by Pittman, uh, Myers, Herbert, Logan Thomas, Rogers, Wilson, Gus Edwards, Mike Gesicki, Sony Michelle came off. Ryan, we'll bring you in about talk about that. Tannehill, Elijah Moore, uh, Callaway, who may be the highest riser here in uh, training camp right now. Uh, Philip Lindsay, Marvin Jones, Robert Tunyon. Uh, Rondell Moore, number four in your programs, number one in your hearts now. Henry Ruggs, Tyler Higby, maybe Will's only bad pick so far. Where I can I see? Oh, he's got a, he's got a different uh, thing on here. Uh, Nicole Hardman came off the board for Will. Dallas Goddard, Irv Smith Jr., uh, Rashad Bateman, Javante Williams. Jeremy, you're up here to start us off here in the eleventh round. Yeah, um, Jamal Williams. I just think he's, uh, you know. Uh, we don't exactly know what's going on with Swift. Uh, he's injured. He's not injured. He's back. Uh, Campbell was talking about how uh, he wasn't ex- exactly sure what his conditioning was going to look like. Um, they like to run with the old dogs, and Jamal Williams is that right now. So uh, he's certainly going to get some run, and he can catch the ball too. Uh, Swift will end up being the 1A uh, eventually, but here in the 10th round, I like Williams. Uh, with 17 seconds left on the clock, this is a tough one for me. I don't want to reach a tight end. Uh, Thomas, I was really upset by. So it's either running back or wide receiver, and I will go Russell Gage. Uh, just looking at target volume, um, you know, as my wide receiver six, uh, not too bad. Uh, I got to ask you right now, we don't really have a clear diagnosis on De- De- uh, DeAndre Swift right now. Campbell's kind of kept a little bit of hush-hush. He doesn't look good. Do we think that Campbell – Bit Swift's kneecap by chance? Do you think that could have been a problem? 100%. I'm no medical professional here, but I did stay at a Ramada once. We also have Anthony Lynn there, who was there with Tyrod. Maybe there's a little bit of uh, poking him in the <laughs> lungs or something going on there. <laughs> there's a huge opportunity there. Uh, Tara, you're back on here in the 11th round. We watched, obviously, Russell Gage go, Everett go, Kenny and Drake go. I, I know you did your, in your uh, 30 players in 30 days, both Jacobs and Drake both factored into that. How are you feeling about Drake's value here at the 11th compared to Jacobs in the fourth? Uh, really good. Um, I felt pretty solid at running backs. So, but with Kenyon Drake still on the board, looking at the wide receivers that are on the board, I felt like it was a good opportunity to go ahead and get him. He, uh, I think people are underestimating just how much he is going to, <clears throat> excuse me, is going to play into this offense. Uh, I don't think that he's going to aggressively negatively affect 
Josh Jacobs, just because I mean, I don't see Josh Jacobs as a RB one now he's, you know, a solid mid RB two now, but um, he's not really going to take away from Jacobs on the ground. I think where he's going to be integrated a lot is in that past game. So I, you know, I feel for people who think that there's going to be a huge opportunity for maybe rugs to, um, step up and pick up where Nelson Aguilar left a whole lot of um, targets behind Waller. But unfortunately, I think, you know, for people that are looking at those wide receivers, it's going to be Drake who's actually going to be heavily involved in the past game. I think that's their intention. They wanted to bring a dynamic running back in. They don't utilize running backs well in the past game at all. And I think they want to change that because they realize that they just can't move forward like that. They have to do it somehow. They don't want to do it with Jacob. So they're just going to go ahead and move forward with Drake as that guy. I like this. We got Drake off board, followed by Devin Singletary there, who's been doing really good at Bill's camp as well. Uh, Nelson Aguilar will with uh, another steal there. I think at this point in the draft in the 11th round, I think that's good value. Um, I brought in Ryan here again. I think you're in the screen here right now. Kind of you're coming up here. You went Sony Michelle here in the ninth. How, how are you feeling about that pick? That's what I'm I wanted feel- to talk to you about. I'm feeling really good. I mean, this trade proves that they didn't have full faith in Darrell Henderson to carry the full load. And Sony Michelle arguably had one of the greatest postseason runs in a long time. He had six rushing touchdowns in the one postseason where they went on to beat the Rams in the Super Bowl. And I was I was sitting through some tweets because I saw it earlier. I forgot who tweeted it, but three RBs ranked in the top five, each three categories, yards created per touch, true yards per carry, and breakaway run rate. J.K. Dobbins and Nick Chubb were up there along with Sony Michelle. So I think Sony Michelle is kind of a sleeper. I mean, not now, but I still like his value at nine ten. Yeah, I don't. I don't hate it here. Uh, I just uh, so we went. Samuel finally came off the board there. He hasn't played yet, but he's coming off the draft boards right now. Gio Bernard, uh, Naeem Hines. I went with Sterling Shepard here as my fifth wide receiver. I think we're at that point now where it's going to get interest about the players coming off. Uh, Mike, I, the one guy I was looking at was David Johnson. I see you scooped him up pretty quickly as soon as uh, you came on the clock. How are you feeling? You went with Philip Lindsay. You went with David Johnson. Mark Ingram's still on the board here, too. Are you going to grab him the draft? Just make sure you got one of them? And yeah, how, him how you, and Rex Burkhead. Uh, yeah, I'm, that's what I'm going to go back-to-back. I'm going to go all four, ending with Rex well, Burkhead. Let, let's talk yes. about this Texans backfield here a little bit. Do we think David Johnson survives cut day for the Texans here at this point? And could he be – and, uh, Bob, I know I can see you here on the screen. Is there a possibility that David Johnson could be one of those guys that ends up in Jacksonville just to kind of screw with us as far as fantasy goes? Mike? Um, yeah, so, I mean, a lot of people are talking that, but really there's no running back that can catch the ball or block in Houston's backfield as well as David Johnson does. So, uh, Phil Lindsay doesn't catch. Rex Burkhead is a good receiver, but really I, he's not going to be what David Johnson can be. So, I know a lot. Of, there's a lot of speculation that David Johnson's going to be cut, going to be traded. I, I just don't see it. I, I I think it's either it's going to be a mixture of Philip Lindsay, David Johnson's backfield. This team is going to be running quite a bit because you don't want Tyrod Taylor to be throwing the ball all day long. And with that said, if it's not Tyrod Taylor, you have Davis Mills. They're going to be running, running, running. There's going to be a lot of dump offs. So you're going to be an interchangeable part between Philip Lindsay and David Johnson. And Roberto just broke my heart there, grabbing Tony Pollard to start the 12th. Uh, I think that's a good value there. I think that's he's probably the best 
handcuff now available. You know, we could talk about Kareem Hunt being a handcuff. I don't think Hunt's a true handcuff. Uh, James Robinson and the Travis Etienne situation, unfortunately, shaped, uh, sorted itself out. Mike, you killed me again. Cole Beasley? That, that, that's who I had queued up, ready to go. So now instead of getting cute and talking, now i got to actually find someone to draft here. But <laughs> so you kind of threw me off here. But uh, there's no chance that Houston would cut uh, David Johnson. They're going to pay him the same whether they cut him or keep him. Um, so it's worth it to them to just keep him on the roster. So I, I'm going to go and give Calvin a little bit of a weird, uh, weird shaking his head at me here. I don't know if he's shaking his head at the Latavius Murray here in the 12th round selection or what. We were just talking about the handcuffs and Pollard uh, being his guy. I think Latavius Murray has standalone value here with the Saints, with Kamara in the lineup, no matter what. Uh, you talk about it, Kamara's value, I think, goes up if James Winston is the quarterback. We've seen the splits with and without him. With Michael Thomas out, I think you're seeing see Kamara more as a receiving option. They're still going to need someone to pound the ball there a little bit. I think Murray's going to be a good guy you can put in a flex position uh, this year right off the get-go. Calvin, you're the resident New Orleans guy. What's your thoughts on Latavius Murray? I'm just curious where you think he's going to sign. Do you think he signs with your Raiders after he gets cut here? Or where, where are you expecting to be able him to play this season when you, uh, when, you, when, you, when you intend to use him? You know what? There's that saying there, we believe it here. Once a Raider, always a Raider. So, you know, we, we had him first. We, we let you guys bore him for a few years. So uh, I, think, I think he's going to stick around there. Are you hearing mm. something down there in New no, Orleans that would say otherwise? He's, he's oh? not making the team. No, he's Tony Jones has basically taken his spot. Who's going to take his spot? Tony, Tony Jones. Jones. He, he's one of the okay. highest trending guys on Sleeper right now. If you go to your trending option there on Sleeper, you'll see Tony Jones' name right near the top, probably the top two or top three guys right now. Is that just because it's a cheaper option? or? No. I mean, right now, Tony Jones, like when he touches the ball, he looks like he has juice and he's run with the ones. You know, Latavius Murray – you know, pretty big fumble. Um, looks slow. Looks plodding. He looks every bit of a 32-year-old running back like he is. When you say he's run with the ones, do you mean Taysom or Jameis? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, which which practice? Is it the one um, from just yesterday where it was Taysom with the ones? Is that the one you mean? I'm just, I'm just wondering. I'm just wondering. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm a little bitter. You took my quarterback there. So, um, I had to stack Stafford and, um, Stafford and Cooper. I had to stack well, that. Well, uh, <laughs> is that why you chose him over Brady? It is. Okay. Yeah. It is. It is. So, where we're getting down here, we got about 15 rounds total here. Uh, when we, when it's all said and done. So, we'll see how this is shaping up. We got about three rounds left here. We are at pick. It looks like. 1209. Uh, Jason's back on here. Uh, be interesting where he goes. Uh, Will again, Tevin Coleman, great selection here. I don't think Michael Carter's won that job outright. I think it's going to be a fallout running back by committee. We know uh, uh, LaFleur there, their offensive coordinator coming over from San Francisco, is very familiar with Coleman and what he can do when he is healthy. You know, they like to run a certain type of offense there. And I think Coleman fits that as well as Michael Carter. I think you're going to see a true 1A, 1B type approach there with the New York Jets with some Ty Johnson, Calvin's guy there factoring in in the passing situations, mm -hmm. which I probably just violated a huge rule when it comes to drafting. Never mention a guy's name that hasn't been drafted yet because he's probably right. on someone's radar. Now he's on everyone's radar. Exactly. I, I don't like the Coleman pick. Sorry, Will. Um, 
you, you know, we we're, we're buds, but Tevin Coleman is just awful. Um, I'd be surprised if he's still with the Jets. <laughs> wow. Get, wow. We'll, we had to get Will's initial reaction there. The arms were in the air when he heard that, and I had, I had to bring him in right away to kind of maybe defend himself a little bit. So, so yeah, so, so Mike, listen, um, the thing with Tevin Coleman, you got to remember, I mean, I just think that the fact that he was at um, in San Francisco with uh, with now the head coach in the in the Jets, it's going to be it's going to be a situation where he's going to get that burn. He may not start off as a starter, but I think he does end up as a starter just for, for the simple fact that he's definitely a viable, a viable player. Um, he's and I also think that he's out there to, to prove himself this year. So I think that he's in a perfect situation in that division um, to to do well and um, take over that starting job. Because again, I don't think Michael Carter is the um, the uh, the starter in that in that position out there. Well, he he tried to prove himself in Atlanta, it didn't work. He tried to prove himself in San Francisco, it didn't work. Um, so why not the Jets? Right? Why not? We'll we'll just throw that out there and see what happens. Third time's a charm. Third time's a charm. I love it. We've got a little bit of trash talk going on here. That's the best part of these drafts. You know, if you, when you get into your home leagues, and those who are watching right now or who are going to watch a little bit later, uh, there's always something special when you get to the home leagues, the trash talk that goes a live draft that you don't quite get with your sit down. You do the sleeper without seeing everyone's reaction. I, I'm fortunate enough to have multiple people in the back room right now where I'm watching the reaction as the draft's playing out so I can pull people in as it happens. But Get that initial reaction when you snipe someone, so to speak, or what that might look like. That's probably the best part of the draft as far as it goes, just the, the human interaction again. And I think that's something we've desperately missed here in the last little while uh, based on COVID. Last year, I know there was a lot of home league drafts that may not have happened. And I, I think this year, I'm looking forward to our golf slash garage type draft that's happening this weekend. It is literally my favorite draft of the year. Uh, when just getting the guys together and having a little bit of fun, and you can't replace that. So I'm glad we get an opportunity to do these, even these ones there, where we can watch each other and talk. Uh, Pat Fryermuth came off the board. The real Aaron Rodgers came off the board. I mean, Amari Rodgers came off the board. Marquise Brown came off. Uh, Jason's back on the clock here in the 13th at 1304. Will's definitely prepping. He's turned his screen off, so I can't see what he's doing right now. So he's up to something right now. Maybe he's going for Ty Johnson. I don't know. Maybe he wants to make sure he's got that whole backfield there. The Jets covered. Um, Will, you're up here. Uh, Jason, another great uh, backup here, grabbing himself Alexander Madison there of Minnesota at 13.04. I think that's good value there, especially considering he basically handcuffed his own guy in Dalvin Cook. Um, I kind of want to ask this question to the panel. When you're looking at drafting a running back this late, are you looking to draft your own handcuff or are you looking to draft someone else's handcuff? Are you wanting to make sure you ensure yourself one starting running back or are you hoping that you're getting another running back who could be a starter on another squad and help you out further? What What's your thoughts on handcuffs? Uh, start with Tara and work our way down. Um, I would prefer to get the best handcuff, even if that handcuff has nothing to do with my team. So I guess my approach would be um, if I'm looking at, so let's say if I've got CMC and I want to draft uh, Chuba, that would make sense in that situation because we've seen that he's out there um, really killing it, that he will step in and be utilized in the same way as CMC. So it would be a good replacement. Um, 
But if AJ Dillon was on the board, maybe I prioritize that because um, he's a, a, a guy that could arguably be the number one handcuff if he's given the opportunity because he can step in there to a high powered offense and immediately get 100 plus yards, immediately get those uh, two touchdown games. So it, it just really depends. I'm not looking to specifically handcuff. I'm heading more towards the value of that player. Over to you, Calvin. Your thoughts? I just want the best player. I, I I don't care if it happens to be the guy that is connected to somebody I already drafted or not. I, I just want somebody that I believe in the most and think is the best. Bob, what are your thoughts here? You're on the clock here with 30 seconds left. Are you grabbing someone else's handcuff? Or there we were talking about you. See, that's why you don't mention names. Bob didn't know Chubo was even available. No, but she's about, what's your thoughts there on grabbing that uh, handcuff it's exactly- or someone else's handcuff? You want somebody else's. Um, you want you want to double down. Uh, in order to win, you need to get lucky, and to get lucky, you need somebody else's number one uh, running back than what was on the draft board. Pose a question, to you, Mike. So, to me, I think it de- it depends on how your league mates are. Uh, if like one league I'm in, you could draft the handcuff, and darn it, that's the group just doesn't trade. They just don't care about that situation. They don't care about the handcuffs. So if I'm aiming to, to get that guy to either make a valuable trade, then that's just not going to fall through in that one league. But in another league where they find that valuable, then I'm going to go after that handcuff so I can maybe later trade trade um, if, if I need more valuable parts later in the season. So to me, it depends on the league and your league mates. And with that thought, I made sure to grab the top-ranked running back left on the board. I grabbed the Philadelphia Eagles' number one running back in Jalen Hurts here in the 13th round. No yeah, Eagles fans here, I'm safe. You got the crickets? Do you have crickets there, Calvin? <laughs> <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Hang on. <laughs> you know, I don't I don't hate it that this late. Um, I'm not a Hurts believer at all. I just don't think the sample size is enough for where people are trying to draft him, but – Apparently, this group is super smart, and we are not reaching on him. So <laughs> I don't mind him here in the 13th um, just because of the upside of what he could be. And it's one QB, um, so there's going to be plenty of talent that you'll be able to pick up on the waiver wire and stream as well. So you'll have like guys like Fitzpatrick maybe who might not get drafted here, and that's okay. That's something that you can stick with and stick in as an option if it doesn't work out with Hurts. I like that. We're starting to see that backup quarterback start to come off a lot of people's boards here right now here in the 13th, 14th round. Is everyone here a big believer in making sure you have a backup quarterback coming out of your draft? Or is everyone kind of like, okay, I'm going to get my one guy and then I'll just stream from there. Uh, Calvin. I just wanted to take fields because I thought there was a chance that it would make Roberto sad. So I that's 100% the reason why I did it. You know what? And that's a good enough reason as any just to kind of do that to somebody. Just make sure you grab someone else's guy so they can't have him. And then he goes around and grabs a, an LSU quarterback or an Ohio mm-hmm. State quarterback, depending on how you want to look at it. So, yeah, it, it's uh, – I like that. I love the pettiness. You know, we're all, I'm all about the pettiness. That's why I'm a big Aaron Rodgers fan. So, I, I love that pick there of Justin Fields now that you've explained it. It makes a lot more sense. <laughs> well, for real, though, like, if as soon as he's starting, when and if he's starting, like – <laughs> and Roberto confirmed it did make him sad. I love that. Um, 10, top 10 
when he's starting, right? Like if you're doing rankings and he's starting week two against the Bengals, he's in your top 10, right? I would I would think so. If he if he gets that start, he's got that very good schedule after the Rams where it looks really good for the Bears as far as getting that offense going, which is another reason I believe that uh, that is one of the reasons that they've kind of leaned in Edwards, Andy Dalton, at first game. And then you give uh, Fields a couple of games to kind of warm up into it. Now I'm looking here. I'm sitting here. I'm looking. You know what? Sammy Speaking Watkins is on the board. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking here. And Sammy Watkins is on the board here in the 14th round. But hashtag never Sammy. So it ain't going to happen here for me. I, I, I thought you I were setting to... up a Sammy Watkins draft pick, and I was going to lose my mind. Yeah, that wasn't going to happen. I went with T.Y. Hilton here. Uh, I know uh, Ryan just kind of released. He's got the his team reviews going on. The Colts are in that whole thing. I, I like T.Y. Hilton here in the 14th round. I, I don't think he's a wide receiver one or two or even a wide receiver three at this point. But I think he's a guy you can flex, a bi-week filler. I think there's good value here this late. Even on my team, I don't have the greatest wide receivers. I've got basically four number twos, a number three right now, as far as the way this roster is constructed. So I think I think Hilton slides into that wide receiver three slash flex spot here. And I think the value, you're looking at the board. I know everyone's kind of looking at it. You're like, oh, man, it's it's tough sledding out there. Who are you going to grab? Who Who's draftable here in the 14th round? And I, I think the value is too much to pass up on T.Y. Hilton. I'm going to toss this over to Mike. He's either going to praise me for this pick or absolutely dump on me. But I'll tell you what. Quinton Nelson's coming back. Carson Wentz is going to be back here week one. I think that brings up Hilton's value. If both of them were going to miss significant time, this is a pick I'm probably not making. Mike, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I think you you nailed it. Carson Wentz went out and really put an effort into keeping T.Y. Hilton on that team because uh, T.Y. Hilton was basically a free agent until the Colts extended him that one-year deal. And then if you look at his last four games, he was, I think, a top 10 performer in three of those last four games. The beginning of the season, uh, everybody was dropping him um, by week like eight or nine. He just was not doing anything. I think he had one touchdown by week 10, but that was the last four weeks. He really turned it on. And I, if they put him in the slot quite a bit, I think Carson Wentz and T.Y. Hilton are going to have a, a very good connection. So where you're getting him, your number receiver, he could he could climb, in fact, into a wide receiver three or four for you. So getting him this late, I think, is an excellent value. In fact, I was even thinking about drafting him over Lance. But as the quarterbacks are going so quickly, I, I wanted to grab one more. And so I went with Lance. But we were thinking the same level there with Hilton. And um, I was thinking Hilton for sure. Yeah, thanks, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you got me there. Well, you got me in the beginning, so yeah, true. I'd rather be gotten at the end than at the beginning. Yeah, I just uh, like not that you asked me my opinion on this pick, but I'm gonna give it to you anyway. Um, absolutely, jump on in. I I just like the fact you know, sometimes the hardest part of what happens after week one is you have you just there's somebody on the waiver wire that you really, really, really want to pick up and you're just not sure who to drop. Like you've, you've got two spots now, right? Right now from your draft. Absolutely. Easy drops. Like you don't have to worry about that at all. It's very clear that you're dropping T.Y. Hilton and Latavius Murray. Like that's brilliant on your part. 
It is. It, it, it's a strategy that you have to play out there. Because I know we get to a point where last year, James Robinson blows up on there. Who do you drop? You look at your roster, you're like, man, these are guys I drafted. Like, these are guys I believe in. Who who can I drop to pick up this guy that's going to be an absolute stud? You're like, you may be hesitant on it. Or you may, if you have a fob or whatever you, kind of bidding process that goes in, you may lowball yourself. Even though you believe in picking up that player, you don't really want to drop the guys after week one. You're right. Latavius Murray is an easy drop. T.Y. Hilton, I really like this year. Latavius Murray would be that guy that gives me that flexibility uh, making that pick. You guys are all sitting here with like great rosters, and you're going to be like, oh, man, who can I possibly drop to grab this stud? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, suckers, here we go. Boom, Murray down on the table. <laughs> now, now I'm saying that like Bob, Bob's got Sean Watson there. You just selected here in the 14th mm-hmm. round. He might have a guy now he can drop easy enough, mm-hmm. depending on what that situation looks like. Um, I'm going to turn the mic over here to Jeremy right now. He's coming down the home stretch. He's gone in the 13th round, uh, Fairmouth. He went with Gronk here in the 14th, and he's going with the big rookie here out of uh, Los Angeles Chargers in Josh Palmer. Uh, Jeremy, first off, tell us what time it is there right now, and uh, tell the people why you selected Gronk and Palmer, and kind of give a quick breakdown of where they can find you, because I know you need to get to bed or get some coffee or something. <laughs> Maybe both. Um it is uh, four thirty nine a.m. So uh, you're listen, committed. We to burn the point. candle. Yeah, we burn the candle up. at both ends. <laughs> Here at Dynasty Vipers for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Pat Fryermuth, um obviously had a great showing. Um, uh, Ebron's there. There's a lot of targets, but uh, he looked great. Um, I've heard all off season how uh, if Kyle Pitts wasn't in this draft, uh, that we'd be talking a lot more about Pat Fryermuth. So. Uh, I think he's a good dart throw there, uh, especially if he can come around uh, and be a force um, in the second half of the season. Uh, Gronk is really just insurance, uh, has that rapport with Brady. Uh, he's going to be kind of a touchdown or bust option, but he's more of kind of a safe floor guy, uh, in my opinion. And then Palmer's just pure upside. Mike Williams has never stayed healthy. Uh, Palmer looks like a lock for the three. Uh, if Williams gets injured, he's the two in that Herbert offense. And he's a uh, easy flex consideration at that point. Uh, I, I don't think you go wrong. I think we're going to hear good things out of Palmer. I think when we're looking at it long term, I think he is the replacement to Mike Williams going forward. I don't think the Chargers are going to bring him back. So Palmer is going to slide right into that role, I think, as early as this year at some point. If uh, Mike Thomas, who has battled some injuries there, I don't want to take too many shots at uh, Thomas because of his uh, college affiliation, and I won't hear the end of it. But um, what are your thoughts there? I'll send this over to Tara uh, between a former Tiger and a volunteer. Can you repeat the question? I'm sorry, I had a kid distracting me. I think I caught. Yeah, bring him <laughs> on. That's what makes the show real, man. Let, let, let Junior come on. I mean, let your child come on. Junior is right below you there, Calvin. But, um, we, oh, come on. Really, Diami Brown? You know what? I'm going to move yep. on to the next person here now because that's multiple times that my my notes have been picked apart here. But we got, Mike out with me. <laughs> we got Mike Williams and Josh Palmer. How do you see that shaping out? Oh, um, I like Palmer, but um, I, I do think it's Mike Williams. I think it'll be a good year for him. Um, unfortunately, it all comes down to the health thing. Um, if I hadn't, I did look at him um, in one of these rounds where he was still there and, you know, thought if I didn't have Keenan Allen, that would be someone who I could take as a bench player because he has the potential of when he's healthy being a viable flex option. But unfortunately with the injury, it's going to, it's probably going to injury history. It's going to 
go back and forth. So it, it really just depends. So and I'm going to jump here real quick because I like to have a back end of my roster that's very droppable. But I also like to have a running back one drop into my lap here as well. So I'm going to find, I'm going to queue this up. We're going to drop in a little Mark Ingram mm. to close out my last round. Uh, I got nothing to lose here. Like you said, Calvin, it's a guy I can drop comfortably if he do, turns out not to be the guy. But we're hearing that he could be the guy right now. And I don't know if being the guy in Houston means anything. Uh, Tara lives in Houston. I'm sure she's hearing all kinds of weird things going on with that franchise. Yes. We're not going to get into that on this show here. Um, I want to kind of break down these last couple picks here. Uh, we had, let's see, Will, you still kicking around? Okay, we'll come back to Will. Um, Bob, Eno Benjamin. Yep. Your 15th Adam, round selection. Adam, Adam, in any league you're in, in the last round, there's a very good chance he is the goal line guy and takes over the backfield in Arizona. Well, I mean, Calvin the man had 1,600 yards. We got kids running around the background. Tara, you got kids <laughs> being quietly sneaking in. Mine are really loud yes. here. Uh, Calvin, you did a little bit of research on, you know, Benjamin. I know I'm high on him. I like him as a sleeper guy. I think it's a great pick there. Moving over to uh, yourself there. Uh, Ahmed there, you selected. Reasons behind that selection? Just because, you know, they, in Miami, Brian Flores has made it clear that, you know, he, he could go between a few different backs there. And it might depend on who's doing really well. And, you know, look, Miles Gaskin's good, but last round – I mean, Ahmed looked good last year when he had his opportunities. So, again, another guy that if somebody else pops off, I can I can take that opportunity. But what if he goes in there week one and smashes? That would be, you know, that would be great and would be a nice late round pick. Yeah, I see the the comment down there about Malcolm Brown going undrafted. Yeah, I, I wanted to take him too. I was deciding between those two guys. I thought the ceiling was higher with Ahmed as opposed to Brown, but. I mean, I, I definitely think Brown is going to be a nuisance in this backfield. Yeah, Cal, I'm with you. I really love um, Savannah. Uh, that whole, you know, I, I know that people are back on the Gaskin train <laughs> after mm -hmm. this past week, but I mean, that kind of plays into what we were saying that, you know, one week it's going to be this one, one week it's going to be that one, one week it's going to be that one. So I don't think we, we can jump firmly back on that and say, yay, RB2 season, let's get him. Um, mm -hmm. I think we still need to be a little cautious because uh, Ahmed does look incredible. And then unfortunately coaches love Malcolm Brown for some reason. So it is, it is going to be a hot hand situation in my opinion. And then I want to kind of touch base here. We had the battle of the charger tight ends here. Who's the better tight end. We have Donald Parham coming off and Jared cook coming off. Uh, Will you went with cook. Yeah, so I um I went with Cook just for the simple fact that he's uh he's proven he's a veteran he's thirty four so you know I think he wants to go out with a bang and um like I said every every stop that he's been in he's been productive um, he has some uh, good hands so you don't have to worry about him pulling a, a Ingram on you unfortunately as a um, New York Giants fan we've we've seen a lot of that a lot of drop passes in critical conditions so he doesn't suffer from the Ingram Ingramisms. Um, when it's when it's the ball is thrown on him on a um, third third down possession, you know who had the most Ingram. drops among tight ends last year? Ingram gets all the buzz for this, but you know who had the most? Who's that? T.J. Hawkinson. Okay, but, but listen, you, but, but but again, it, it's about the the it's about the situation, right? So as as I'm there watching the TV, I just remember there's a lot of instances where um, I almost broke 
my own TV because I'm watching <laughs> the game and um he could have made a, a game ending or a game winning catch. Um and it, and not only does it hit his hand, it hit his hand, um all ten fingers and um both palms. So in a situation like that, you know, um we have to bring somebody in, which uh, we brought in a 45 year old uh, Kyle Rudolph, and I'm pretty sure he's gonna have a better season than um than Ingram, unfortunately. So. Are you a Giants fan? I'm a huge Giants fan. Huge uh, New York everything. So um, Giants fan, um, big on Danny Dimes, you know. Damn, Daniel. Um, New York Giants, uh, Yankees, and uh, and Knicks fans. So all across the board, man. So it's my time for the G-men, man. Um, There's no excuses. we got a good head coach back there. Uh, Great defense. I think we're going to be a top five defense. You know, you guys could uh, write that down, retweet this later. One of the things that I like about Twitter, um, you can't edit anything, so that's good. And then um, we got all the offensive weapons. We got Galladay going there. I think that he's going to be healthy this year, I'm hoping. And then uh, Tony, I think that was a great pickup, you know, coming out the slot. Slayton's going to be a beast as usual, and then Shepard is going to just do his thing as he usually does. And see, Will, I'm the opposite of you there. I wish Twitter had an edit button. (laughs) There's multiple spelling mistakes in every single tweet I send out. It's bound to happen. Uh, I want to flip this over here a little bit to Ryan because he went with the other tight end there with the Chargers. Is this explain for for me? I will, but first off, we have some beef to settle in the group chat over Jalen Hurts later. With the RB1 comment, I was in the back room. We'll we'll talk about that later. But as for Parham, (laughs) the XFL legend, man. I mean, of course, I could drop him week one if he doesn't get the uh, majority of the snapshot over Jared Cook. But it seemed like every time last year when he was targeted by Herbert, it was a touchdown. I think he had like 10 targets and three touchdowns, and it's just taking the chance on upside. I, I heard he's having a good camp, so why not? It's backup tight end. I could just cut him week one if it doesn't pan out, but I like the prospects. The and comment here from, from the Cowboy is really good and really insightful. I think you know the fact that Joe Lombardi was hired as office coordinator and then they went out and got Jared Cook, that says a lot because Joe Lombardi came from New Orleans, and he must have enjoyed his time there. And he believes he can use him in that offense. So I, that's, that's a really good point from the Cowboy there in the chat. Yeah, I think they're going to split between Cook is probably going to get the action in between the 20s and Parham's going to be that alley-oop guy in the goal line area. That, that's how I see it working out. And now I want to flip over to uh, Mike here on his last pick because I know what I was ch- I was really thinking between Mark Ingram here and Deshaun Jackson was my other option I was really considering here in the 15th round. You went with Van Jefferson, the second round pick if you're following Twitter, not the fourth, the second round pick. If you if you're paying attention to the stuff that's going on, that was uh, prevalent this morning, this afternoon. Van Jefferson, go. Yeah, Matt Stafford, deep receivers, loves those guys going deep, and uh, the way Sean McVay's system is now going to operate, there are going to be a lot more deep passes. Van Jefferson's that deep deep route guy. Uh, Deshaun Jackson there, maybe you'll get the start, but we all know Deshaun Jackson probably by week one, after week one, um, he'll be gone and injured more than likely. Uh, and Van Jefferson will step up and, you know, at the last round, I'm not really in a hurry to play Van Jefferson anyways. That sounds good. I think that sums it up pretty good. Um, we're closing out here. The draft is complete. We did our 15 round one QB uh, non-premium PPR kind of draft here. Uh, I want to thank everyone for participating. I'm just kind of quickly go around. You guys got about 10 seconds, kind of sell yourselves here. Uh, we'll start with Tara, work our way around. Tara, what are you up to? Where can people find you? 
Uh, keep it short and sweet. Um, obviously, find me here with you guys, my favorite place to be. Um, but you can also find me, um, my work at Fantasy Pros now. And I've got some uh, individual videos coming up. And then I've got a regular weekly series with Lauren Carpenter, Setmarm Lauren on Twitter. And that's going to be fun where we're taking questions, ask the experts, um, questions from our social media channels and answering them. And um, you can also find me on the Fantasy Pros Twitter. So, you, so yeah, just check out my uh, check out my Twitter, and everything will be there. Junior, uh, tell us about Taco Tuesday. <laughs> I, I would just rather say, like, look, follow everybody that's right here around me. I, I like honestly, this is a really cool crew. Like, I love the Vipers crew. There are so many people that are in the group chat that never get a chance to come up on this screen who are right here right now, and I think they're awesome that you need to follow them they do great analysis they do great work whether you see them on the youtube channel or not and a lot of them are about to have a lot of stuff in season on the youtube channel which is going to be great and so make sure you're subscribed hit, hit that subscribe thumbs up button all those different things so you know and can follow along with everything that the vipers are doing and I think Jeremy just passed out here. I think he finally went to bed. He just kind of disappeared from the screen. Uh, you catch Kelvin there, a little DL, uh, DLF kind of action there on Tuesdays. And I'm sure he's going to have some more shows coming down. Speaking of shows, I'm going to turn it over to uh, Mike here uh, at RFL Red Zone. I know he's got a Debbie show coming out with Roberto, who was also in here picking from the 12 spot. Uh, Mike, I know you, you're a man of many hats here. You can find yourself just about everywhere on Twitter on different companies across the board. So just kind of give everyone a quick breakdown here. Yeah, so PFF, um, Roto Underworld, uh, the list goes on and on and on. And of course, Dynasty Vipers and uh, Echo Cal, you know, everybody here is a great crew. Go and follow everybody. Um, love to discuss football with everybody here. Everybody's so knowledgeable. So um, if you're not following everybody on here, please do so. Yeah, and one of the guys who's probably putting out more work than anyone else right now on the website is Ryan here, Ryan Pros underscore FF. He's doing a 2020 review of all teams to kind of give you a little bit of insight of what to expect in 2021. He has been a machine over on the website. Ryan, talk to us. I mean, you can catch me at my at Ryan Pros underscore FF. You can also catch me at the Fantasy Newsroom with Spencer and Matt. We're switching to Sundays. I don't know if I could say that, but I just did. So, secrets <laughs> out there. Breaking news. <laughs> I'm going to work on the the year in review series that you were talking about. I think I'm making my way into the top ten, so excited for that. And I echo both Mike and Cal. Follow these amazing people, amazing analysis, and they couldn't have put it any better. And I just want to break. We have trade talks breaking down in the chat here. Roberto is willing to, if you probably add a little extra, he's willing to trade you Taysom Hill for Justin Fields. So that offer is on the table. <laughs> We may have to look at this a little bit later. Um, if you're following along on Twitter, if you're in any charity leagues, if you're looking at things that look very good on the screen, uh, Bob Gilchrist, he's the guy you're looking for. You know, we talk about Scott Fishbowl. We talk about all these other charity leagues. Those graphics, he's part of that team that helps put that together. There is a very select kind of – they're like the stone cutters there from the Simpsons. They have like this underbelly of the world of fantasy football that we don't really talk about nearly enough. It's about the look. It's about the look. You look at these two eyes here, the corner of the screen there, both mine and Calvin's. That's uh, that's all about graphics and the work that the graphics guy do. Bob, thank you very much for all the graphics work that you do with the Vipers, as well as all the other stuff out there. I know you've got your hands in just about everything as far as uh, graphics concerned. Same with Steven Johnson there who does the stuff, and Thomas Triple. Uh, he's not with us tonight, but he does a lot of the graphics as well. Bob, the floor is yours. 
All right, just or just stare at us there with your mic on mute. Looks so serious too. Is he frozen? <laughs> Bob, All right. Bob. <laughs> oh, there he is. Now he's moving again. He's moving again. All right. Well, we'll we'll move on from Bob there. I think we got everything we needed out of him. Um, and then of course, probably our newest member of the Viper family, a guy who's about to blow up here all over the Twitter sphere. We've got Will at Biased Opinions coming at you. Will, where we can find you? What are you up to? Tell the people. Yes, sir. So again, just uh, happy to be part of the family, the Dr. Um, Dynasty Viper family. Um, it's just one of the things that I've been watching uh, your channel. I try to get in on the live stream during the week. Um, some great content that you guys are putting out. Um, so happy to be part of it. I'm going to be doing some uh, content during the NFL season, uh, some betting stuff, uh, player props. Looking forward to that. I'm also going to continue to write for Football Absurdity, uh, some betting content, fantasy content as well. And um, look out for some college betting and DFS um, information um, coming hot and uh, and ready to for you for on that um, campus to Canton. So take a look on that. That's going to be great. That's going to be a new show coming out uh, next week. Next week is going to be a brand new show dropping. We're going to be doing it weekly. So it's going to be a busy season, but it's going to be a great season. And I'm looking to um, just get out there, provide more content. Um, provide more value and um, just putting myself out there. And I could also be followed on on Twitter at biased opinions underscore. Um, love that name because it's everything that's coming out of my mouth is biased. You know what? At least you know what's coming out of your mouth. I have no clue what's going to come out of mine. So. <laughs> so, man, it's funny. You you were talking about the edit button on the on on the um, for Twitter. Um, it takes you know you have the misspelled words. It takes me about three minutes just to put something like that's four or five words i gotta like reread it just make sure that it makes sense and it's concise enough and people will get it so trust me it takes a lot it takes a lot to put it out there yeah see i might as well just be unfiltered opinions because i don't even know what i'm typing and then i hit send you know what i'm saying calvin's caught me a few times on some of those tweets it's like what do you do what 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 does that even mean like there's l's in there there's the odd weird letters thrown in for no reason that's kind of how i roll i don't edit i don't i don't check i don't do fact checking that's kind of how we roll over, over here to begin with but I want to thank the whole Vipers team for getting together here. Uh, those who chose to sit around and watch this whole draft, thank you for uh, – we know your time is valuable and we appreciate it each and every time you spend it with us. So thank you for that. Uh, we had this – this the chat was going really good. Uh, shout out to everyone in the chat room. And uh, with that, I just want to kind of say thank you. And um, we're going to see you on a regular schedule here next week. Our next show, I believe, is actually Dan Harris coming on on next monday so you want to check that out and keep in mind here i think we've got one more show on a monday on september 6th and then we're going to start moving to wednesdays during the regular season so to account for taco tuesday so you're going to want to make sure you check that out. of course we're not going to do a show on monday although we'll maybe doing a show on thursdays sundays and mondays that you're going to want to check out there so you're going to want to make sure you get it on all that stuff uh with that said this is the dynasty vipers mock draft special i think we might have to do this again but we'll see you then. It comes